What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 44 of the Triage Method podcast. I'm here with my colleague, Paddy Farrell. Paddy, how are you this week? Absolutely, positively fantastic, Eric. How are you? I'm very good. No issues, no, no problems. Just life is good. It's too easy, is it? Life is always good. That's fair enough. Right, so Gary, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to be talking about the Ravens at the London... I mean, damn it, still in my head. Training splits. We're going to be talking about training splits. And the reason we're going to be talking about this is specifically because it's actually a question that comes up comes up very, very often. And a couple of months ago, we made a post on Instagram about training splits being like, you know, addressing the question of, uh, should I do a push-pull leg split? And we were kind of explaining some of the variables that go into a training split. And it was really, really popular and people enjoyed it. So we were like, you know, we got to get that on the podcast sometime. So today we want to address that. We want to break down some of the maybe misconceptions that people have about, you know, the difference between a program and program variables and what you call your program and hopefully kind of give you an idea of where you should start when setting up a training split. Yeah, and we have talked about program design, I suppose you'd call it, uh, before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I will maybe, potentially, depending on how, how lucky you guys are, uh, <laughs> look up those episodes and link them in the description. Um, but obviously, you, got, you guys are loyal followers, so you've already listened to them before, so it's, it's, a, it's a non-issue. Um, but yeah, so w- when you go about designing your own program, the you can talk about your reps, you can talk about your sets, you can talk about what load to use, you can talk about, you know, intensity boosting techniques, you can talk about all this kind of shit. But what kind of gets lost in that discussion is how often are you going to be training, right? And obviously, you can talk about that in the context of the frequency at which you train a muscle group, the frequency at which you train a an exercise, but you, you kind of have to dial in how many days per week are you able to go to the gym, you know? And that's not only just in terms of your ability to recover from the gym or your optimal program, we'll say, you know? Uh, And then also you have to put in a a layer on top of that what you actually have available to you in terms of your your access to a gym, you know? You know, maybe you can only get to the gym three times per week, you know? You have a busy job, you have a family, you have other commitments, you know, it's like, you can only get to the gym three three hours per week. So talking about a six-day split for you is is just asinine. You know, it's it just misses the mark completely, you know? So those are kind of the things you have to start thinking about once you start looking at your, your training program. So the first thing is, how many days per week do you actually have available to go to the gym? That, that trumps everything else we're going to talk about, you know? So if we're talking about a four-day split and you're like, oh, I can only go three days, how do I... You know, how do I how do I make that four day split idea into three days? It's like just forget about it. Look at the three day split. You know, like look look at that. Look at the, the information there rather than looking at the, the four day split and looking how you can kind of bastardize that to to kind of fit your availability. You know, so you have to realize from the off that there are going to be some trade offs with this overall process. You know, and I'm sure we're going to mention things, perhaps, you know, exercise variations or something. And you're like, oh, I don't have that. Oh, I don't have access to that. Or I couldn't do that. It's like, again, it's like work with what you've got. Don't try to pigeonhole yourself into something that's not what we're talking about or something that's not designed for what you're trying to achieve, you know. So 
that's kind of my disclaimer before this, right? So Gary, what are some of the variables that people should be thinking of when they look at program design with the intention of designing up a, a training program? So I think we should approach this from the perspective of this person. They are beginner, intermediate trainer, you know, they're in that kind of range you know they they know how to perform the exercises they kind of understand the variables of you know you know reps and sets like volume and intensity they 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 understand that right but they're not really sure how they should design their overall training (coughs) training program and we'll take it from the perspective that they have unlimited time available to them right so they can go anytime that they want right and obviously that's not a real world situation so then after that once we've kind of discussed the different variables, we'll kind of break it down into, okay, so if you only had three days, if you only had four days, if you only had five days, you know, that kind of way. So we'll break it down a little bit more as we go on. But I think we should take it from the start. Just be like, you're a beginner intermediate trainer all the time in the world. You, you have a, a good idea and understanding of how to perform exercises and of volume and intensity. I'm, I'm writing up my program, Gary. Help me. How, what, what should I do? Yeah, so <clears throat> with the with the the volume consideration, like the first thing to kind of realize is that like realistically, if you're a beginner to intermediate trainer, it's very unlikely you're going to be training or do performing more than ten to twenty sets per muscle group per week. Like it's unlikely that you're you're going to need more than that. Um so with that in mind, you can then start to talk about frequency because that's essentially what drives a lot of the confusion when it comes to training splits like in my opinion because people are worried they're like how can i train a muscle group or or, or or they're saying you know i only train a muscle group once per week currently and i want to train it maybe two or three times how can i go about that um, and the reason that's important is because in general training a muscle two or more times per week is probably a good idea whether your goal is to gain strength or gain muscle it's probably a good idea for to at least train it twice the upper limit of that isn't exactly clear. Um, some of the research doesn't show any significant differences above twice. Some of it does. Um, some meta-analyses that are conducted outside of the formal research world show benefits up to four times, as far as I, as far as I recall. Um, and essentially, what you're looking at there is, we know at least two is good. We're not 100% sure what, what what is the upper limit to that. And for the individual, it probably doesn't matter because we're, talk, we're talking about personal training and strength training at the end of the day, not medicine. So, I mean, you can be willing to take the risk to train it, to train a muscle group three times, see how it goes, and you'll be fine. You know, it's not like you train a muscle three times and your body just explodes. All right. So so we know that at least twice is a good idea. Yeah. So I, I, just just that, on that, I always think like the whole the discussion is is kind of stupid in a way because you know it's fairly intuitive when you think about it like obviously you can train you physically can train a muscle seven days per week you know you you could train them twice per day like people have been doing this for hundreds of years you know just think about how much stimulation your legs get your overload on your legs get people that are going running like people people do stuff like that like say even we'll we'll take a boxer goes for a morning uh, jog in the morning uh, and you know does 30 minutes an hour uh, jogging in the morning then goes to boxing in the evening and again that's like it's quite heavy on the legs even though you know you might not think it and he's doing that four five six days per week you know and it's like 
those le- his legs are getting quite a lot of stimulation. Now, obviously, it's a slightly different context in terms of the the stimulus from resistance training. But just using it as a concept, as a framework, you clearly can train them loads of times per week. But what we're looking for, the answer to is what what's optimal, you know? And especially in the context of resistance training, because the intensity is that much higher, and by intensity, I mean, you know, the weight that you're lifting uh, is that much higher, you have to kind of go, okay, so obviously intensity and volume and frequency are all related. They all are dependent on each other, you know? So you want to keep that framework in, in, in your mind, you know, that those things are actually playing in to each other. But yeah, of course you can, you could literally train things every single day of the week. It's, it's no issue. It's just maybe not the best way to go about achieving your goals, especially if you're doing a, a huge higher volume of work, which is what I think you're going to get onto now in a second. Anyway, go on. But yeah, um, like if, if you're more interested in like the, the actual discussion of the research and all that related to frequency, like we're not going to touch on that here. There's a good article on strongerbyscience.com. You can read that. And that's, that's a, that, that covers the, the more sort of, I guess, liberal approach to, to that is just like, <laughs> the more liberal, liberal approach to a high frequency, um, look at the research. But anyway, um, from there, what you do have to realize is something that Patty just mentioned there is that we brought up volume and we brought up frequency, but then you have to realize that they are essentially intertwined. So if we talk about training a muscle twice per week and you currently train once per week, and let's say you do 12 sets, um, for chest, then you don't just adopt a, a twice per week frequency and do 12 sets on each day, because that would make no sense. Cause then you'd be doing 24 sets a week out of nowhere and, you're probably not going to have a great time with that because it's a big jump relative to your tolerance. Um, so that, so that's what you have to think about. When you are thinking about setting up a training split and you're applying this idea that I want to train mus- a muscle group more frequently, then what I have to do is try and split my volume up, volume up a little bit. And that is likely to be one of the benefits of a higher frequency approach. Um, because essentially, if you've got 20 sets of volume, let's say, that you normally do once per week, if you spread that across the week, then it's far more likely you're going to do better quality work. Like there may be other benefits too, but one of them is that it might be better quality work because if you consider your 10th set of bench press, like let's say you just do 10 sets of pressing in a workout, like it could be a bench press, it could be a dumbbell no, we'll, press. We'll go, we'll go through, we'll go through a, a normal workout for someone, we'll just say chest, well, a quote unquote normal workout, something you'd see yeah. quite often. People be like, okay, I'm doing three, three sets of 10 to 12 reps on the bench press, three sets of 10 to 12 reps on the dumbbell uh, bench press, you know, uh, three sets of 10 to 12 reps on fucking incline uh, dumbbell bench press and then three sets of 10 to 12 reps on fucking uh, some, a cable fly, right? That's something that you'd probably see people doing in, in, in an average gym, right? So that's your normal workout. Again, what you're saying is I'm thinking of it now and I'm going, okay, so I, I do that. That's my chest workout, you know, and I get fucking juicy pump or fucking look great when I'm walking out of the gym. So I want to hit my, I'm, I'm hearing this kind of frequency debate and I'm going, yeah, cool. I actually need to hit chest twice twice per week i'm currently only hitting it once right so i then think that entire workout i have to replicate that on a second day you know you're saying that's wrong 
Yeah, that's probably not the best approach. So you'd be better off to start off if you're trying to train at a higher frequency by maybe taking that bench press and the flat dumbbell press, let's say. You do those on your in your Monday workout, and then in your Thursday or Friday workout, what you would do is the incline dumbbell press and your chest fly. Because if you think about it practically, that let's say that third exercise, your incline dumbbell press, imagine if you did that first in your workout. Do you think you'd get more reps? Do you think you'd be more mentally focused? Do you think you'd maybe lift more weight? Of course you would. Like that's relatively intuitive because you've already been fatigued by the first six sets in the workout. So if you can spread that out a little bit more and you can try to and you and you can have those on separate days, then what you can then do is put far more effort into those and obviously make it more practical that you do other things in the workout too. Because I think that's one of the problems that people run into when they try and like if someone says like, I'm trying to do an upper body workout, like a full upper body, but you're doing four exercises for chest, four exercises for back, four for shoulders. Obviously, that doesn't work. And that's where all of these parts of the discussion come together. So you've got your volume. You've got a rough idea of what you currently do per week. So as we said, let's say it was it was 12 sets per chest one, once per week. If you're trying to then split that across two sessions, you're going to take six of those sets and put them on one day and six of those sets and put them on another day. So you're changing one variable at a time. You're changing the variable of frequency, but you're keeping volume and probably intensity consistent as you make that change. So that's essentially step one when we start to think about training splits. And that doesn't necessarily modify the number of days that you're training per week because you're just splitting them up. Like, for example, it could be the case that your Monday workout is normally that chest workout in which you do lots of chest volume and your Thursday workout is normally your back work workout in which you do lots of back volume. So what you could be, do is, is essentially swap six sets of chest for six sets of back. And now you're doing the same total volume across the week. But what you're doing is doing it with better quality and at a higher frequency, both of which are likely to give you a little bit more muscle and strength gains. Although having said that, the other thing to consider is that one of the ways in which higher frequency approaches probably leads to more muscle gain is primarily through allowing you to increase your volume over time. Because obviously, if you're that person that does 12 sets once per week, you have far more scope to increase volume if you're doing it in two sessions or three sessions, as opposed to just in one session. Yeah. And again, I always hate when people have this discussion, because w once you know what we're talking about, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's intuitive. That's that's fairly that makes sense. Yeah, that's easy to understand. But once you kind of just first get ex uh, get the concept explained to you or you first hear of the concept of increasing your frequency, you do that initial thing, you know, jump to from 12 sets to 24 sets. Right. And it's like, OK, that's that's probably not a great approach. Right. But you understand that now but then as gary said like to an extent more volume equals more muscle right now obviously there's this critical drop-off point and the unfortunate thing is i'd love to be like yes this is the exact number of sets that that critical drop-off point is going to be at but there there's a critical drop-off point but it's unique to every individual and it's also unique to how you are actually structuring things you know that critical drop-off point where more volume doesn't help you more is going to be different if all your volume for your chest comes from the bench press you know so if you are literally lifting the doing the exercise that you can lift the most weight on and you just do that for your entire chest volume like that critical drop-off point of more sets equal more gains is probably going to come a lot sooner you know whereas if you're doing something like we're saying there where you have a a, a varied kind of exercise pool uh 
and you're not just overloading one we'll call it motor unit pool but one one section of the chest we'll say um you're, you're not just overloading that and you're not just using the heaviest exercise you maybe can get a little bit more volume now the argument then is does that mean you should do these kind of easier quote-unquote fluff sets just to kind of make up your volume as like no it, it is a an interplay between those two variables you know using your your heavier quote-unquote compound sets and then your your lighter quote-unquote isolation sets to make up your volume but don't fall into the trap of thinking okay so i know i'm going to start off initially and i'm just going to increase my frequency like the boys are saying and then i'm going to slowly work to increase my volume over time right that doesn't mean you have to get your two workouts up to what your original one workout was. That doesn't mean you have to eventually get up to, you know, 24 sets per week, you know, 12 in your Monday workout and 12 in your Thursday workout or whatever it is. You know, you, you, you don't need to get up to that much. There should always be this process of continually refining it and going, how am I getting on with this? How, how sore is my chest throughout the week? How am I recovering? How is my strength going up? What is actually, you know, what are the real world outcomes of this training split? Because it is something that does change over time. And I'd love, again, if there was just this, this one program, but it's, it's, it's impossible to make it because, you know, the, the program that's going to help you as a beginner is going to be different than the program that helps you as an advanced trainee, you know? So it's like, you, you have to, constantly be refining your your approach to things constantly be looking at what you're doing what's working and how things are progressing along that way you know so there is no ideal like even though we're going to say oh 10 to 20 sets per week you know maybe you are a freak of nature and you need 40 sets per week i don't fucking know you know it's unlikely because the vast majority of people don't need it but you know, maybe you are also the person like, well, I don't understand why people automatically assume like, oh, I'm the person that needs, you know, 40 sets per week. Like, why don't you just automatically assume I'm the person that needs three sets per week, you know, because the likelihood of those those two things are the exact same. You know, it's just as likely that you're the, the three sets person as you are the 40 sets person. So why do you automatically go, oh, 40 sets must be better? you know yeah and it's actually probably more likely that that you might be the three sets person because realistically most of the population don't lift weights therefore most of the population would benefit significantly from doing three sets a week so there you go um in, in before triage say do three sets a like. group per week <laughs> not a thing <laughs> yeah exactly like I, I always find that funny the way people are like way more biased towards higher volume and than lower volume and obviously like i've been there but like it's actually far better for everyone if you could just do 10 sets a week and get the maximum amount of muscle growth because it's like oh great less time in the gym too yeah, man, I, I, I um, have to but say, anyway and i'm at a stage of my training you know consider i've been training since maybe i was 16 you now on and off like i mean resistance training now not not fucking seriously like i wasn't like oh i have to go to the gym fucking six times a week like we had a gym in our in our school so like you know you'd go during pe or something you know so like i've, I've been on and off i i joined a gym in i think it was uh third to fourth year that summer you know when you finished third year going into fourth year i was like yeah man i want to get fucking jacked um uh joined joined it then so i've been training since i was 16 i mean we, we started out like me and one of the other lads we started out doing all the volume like proper like i remember i was looking at our workouts there the other day and like we'd go like four five maybe six times a week especially during the summer when you're just like oh yeah we'll just go in the morning and we have our whole day to do whatever the fuck we want and you start out and you're doing these fucking huge huge amounts of sets 
right? Like I'm talking like we were doing like 40 sets per workout, you know, not just per week, per workout, you know? Uh, And I'm at a stage now where I'm like, I fucking wish I didn't do that because I now need a higher volume of work to get the same results, right? And what I mean by that is like, I actually probably need more volume than I currently do, but I don't have the time. I don't have the, the ability to do it, you know? So my, my progress is slower. Now, obviously there's the case that like I'm 10 years into training. So, you know, like obviously progress is going to be slower, but I know when I have t- like times where they say this, the summer or something where I'm like, yeah, I can actually spend more time and do more volume. You know, I can, I can a lot more time to a workout and, and again, get more volume. Like progress comes way quicker. Right. So I've kind of shot myself in the foot by starting out and training like that for years because obviously that's the, that's the only way I knew how to do it uh training for years with such high volume you know so I again like everyone wants to do this high volume stuff but just think into the future like uh, you don't want to be at a stage where it's like yeah you have to consistently do super ridiculously high volume to continue to make gains you know and that's not obviously to say that I'm not I'm not making gains uh because I'm not doing this high volume like obviously you you can still progress in other ways you know and um, like if i was just starting out again like i'd be thinking okay what is the the minimal amount of sets i can do and get the maximum return on investment you know and in my eyes in, in view of both anecdotal experience in view of looking at the the research in view of talking to other people other coaches other you know quote-unquote advanced trainees and stuff you know somewhere in that range like i would even say nine is probably the lower end i'd go not not even 10 like i'd be more specific i'd be like not nine nine to 24 sets that seems to be where most people kind of end up in terms of the, the the optimal volume in terms of sets anyway, for, for their, to continue to get results, you know? So somewhere in that range, which again, falls into the range of, you know, 10 to 24 or 10 to 20 sets per week. So if you just stay in that range, you're pretty good to go. You're pretty on point. You know, you're doing enough to get results. You know, you don't have to start going, Oh, well I actually, uh, I know they said 10 to 20. So I'm going to start off on 20. It's like, no, start off on 10. Make sure you've absolutely fucking milked, milked, 10 sets per week like i want to see like proper juicy chest juicy muscles whatever the fuck it is that muscle group you're training that uh you've done that and you've gotten results with those 10 sets you know you're literally every single one of those sets is 100 percent locked in you have tension exactly where you want it your technique is flawless you know you're focused you're everything everything's perfect for those 10 sets if you can't do that there's no you haven't earned the right to do 20 sets you know if you're just going through the motions for those 10 sets it's like yeah, you're not, you're not going to get more results from doing 20 sets of going through the motions. You're going to get more results from doing 10 sets actually correctly, you know? Basically, if you do eight sets or 25 sets, you just begin to atrophy yeah. like straight away. Oh, 100%. That, yeah. ba- basically. <laughs> but yeah, I actually have always wondered that. And it's on it's, it's always on my mind and I don't think there's an answer to it, but like is is it the case that if you start off training with much higher volumes and you you rush your way to the highest amount of volume in the shortest period of time does that ultimately mean you need more volume five years down the line like and i think it makes sense because obviously there's a maximum hypertrophic response 
that might necessarily equate with your maximum ability to tolerate more training volume because your ability to train doesn't necessarily like correlate with a one-to-one with your adaptations obviously um so it could be the case that that you are actually shooting yourself in the foot but yeah like I, again like, I I, i'm, I'm that. saying that but i don't actually have studies to oh i know, I know. That. and also it's like, like i can think i could literally make up some fucking squirrely little you know mechanistic thing being yeah. like oh this is this is the reason it's a mTOR fucking C2 fucking uh, it's that one it's that isoform that I've stimulated you know I could make up some fucking bullshit and be like that's what I'm talking about but at the, at the end of the day it's like that's just what I've noticed you know again it, we can go through a hundred thousand different reasons why it could potentially be the case but what I'm just saying is you know we don't want to be in a, in the situation where everyone is shooting themselves in the foot just so they can do 40 sets per workout like yeah it makes sense so we can but 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 regardless of whether or not that's true it still doesn't make any sense to do far more volume than what is actually required simply because the 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 likely the likely end of that sort of dose response curve would be a drop off whereby you're kind of you're basically just overreaching to the point where you're getting far more fatigue higher risk of injury effects that might affect lower quality of life without extra gains so it's like i don't see why you'd want to do that you know um so essentially you should be should be trying to look out for those things anyway like you you like that's that's another thing that i think people get lost with is that they have no idea when to when to tell that they're doing much or too much training and it's actually simpler than you might expect like if you are losing your motivation to go to the gym if you're really really sore after workouts if you're picking up pain and niggles in places that you haven't experienced pain before um, or that have only appeared during high periods of, of, of training stress um, you know your sleep is affecting you you're less able to tolerate stress in your day-to-day life etc etc so you've got these different things that could give you that could essentially give you some insight into the fact that you might be doing a little bit too much training and the thing that makes that useful is that you can also look on the other side of the equation so if you look at the if you look from the perspective of how would i know if i'm not doing enough training and if 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 you're currently doing x amount of sets per week per muscle group or whatever and you're not really progressing you're finding you're not really gaining muscle you're not really getting much stronger and you feel that your workouts aren't really tiring you out. They're not that challenging. Um, you're recovering really quickly. You're never sore. Um, you know, so basically all of those signs that would lead you to believe the training isn't really that difficult. You have no you have no reason to believe that you're doing too much and you're essentially not progressing. Because obviously, if it's the case that you are progressing, it doesn't really it doesn't matter too much whether you're doing uh, slightly too much or slightly too little if you have no reason to essentially be changing anything you know so that's that, that's just something we're thinking about in terms of volume because i think it does cripple people a little bit they're not sure when they're doing too little they're not sure sure when they're doing too much but this the first question you ask yourself is is i or, or is i was going to say is i'm progressing the first thing to ask yourself is if you are progressing and if you are and 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 you have no reason to believe there's anything wrong then happy days you're doing a great job if you're not progressing, then then you start you start to look look for signs of whether you're doing too much or whether you're doing too little. So now that the, you've got those things in mind, you know we've talked about volume, we've talked about frequency, and um, we've talked about some of the nuances there that might be worth thinking about. Now it's time to try and 
apply this to some discussions about different training splits. So there are lots of different splits that people talk about, you know, so some people have, have an idea or, or have this idea that it, the way in which you split up your training defines your program. And it really doesn't because it relates more so to the training variables. So some people train in an upper lower fashion where they have one day that's dedicated to upper body, another day that's de dedicated to lower body. And sometimes they'll repeat those two same sessions throughout the week. For example, if you did them twice, you'd be doing a four-day program. If you did them three times, you'd be doing a six-day program. Some people prefer to have maybe two or three different versions of each of those workouts that they cycle throughout the week. Um, and then you can have a similar setup with a push-pull legs type of, type of split, whereby people split up the upper body into a push workout and a pull workout. A push workout typically involves training the pushing muscles, so your chest muscles, your shoulder muscles, and your tricep muscles. The pull workout generally involves your pulling muscles, which are more so the muscles of the upper back, you know, your lats, your traps, your rhomboids, your rear delts, um, and your biceps. So they're the push and pull workouts, and then you've got your leg workout, which is obviously the lower body workout. And again, you've got a similar situation there where people might do a three-day split, so they'll do each of those workouts once, or they'll do each of those workouts twice and train six days per week. And then finally, like if we were to break it up into the, the three kind of main splits, people might do a full body split, whereby they train all of their muscle groups, or at least a component could different components of the upper and lower body multiple times per week and that could be anywhere from one to seven times per week you know depending on the person and then of course you do have your more bro splits as people call them which don't which don't always have a very clear definition like generally it'll be someone will do a chest and triceps day they'll do a, a back and biceps day maybe a shoulders and arms day and then maybe a leg day you know and they might do that four times per week or or whatever but they're your basic categories would you, would you say that covers most of the training yeah that's, that's going to definitely cover the the vast majority of them but it also bears saying from like this is as good a time as i need to say it that yeah. seven days per week is an arbitrary unit of measurement you know like there's there's 52 yes. weeks in a year, right? That means there's 13 months in a year if you use four weeks as your month, right? Whereas people kind of forget that and go, oh, there's 12 months in a year. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. If we have like 31 or 30, 31 days in a month, right? But 31 isn't divisible by fucking seven. So it's like your seven day per week program is not has no bearing on like the, the the months has no bearing on the years so it's like you could to kind of get that out of your head and how you design your program for some people is actually a really good idea and i don't mean to be really esoteric and fucking be like oh uh just forget about your job forget about any unit of measurement of time and the fact that you have two days that are a, a quote-unquote weekend and you know you've, you probably have them off and you're able to rest and maybe train a little bit longer like i know you do that when you're on placement and stuff you use your weekend to get like longer sessions in whereas during the week when you've literally like 16 hours straight of work you're like okay cool if i do train i think you train one two times per week during that, that time and it's like you get like a a quicker session in like so you're still stimulating the muscle but it's not like you know a really demanding workout it's like okay cool got in got some overload got a little bit of a pump see you later you know whereas on the weekend you're spending a little bit more time there getting all the the other stuff that you know maybe takes some more time or you want to focus on a little bit more but anyway so 
without getting that kind of really esoteric and being like, just forget about time as a unit of measurement and blah, blah, blah. Uh, just think that it doesn't have to be a weak unit. It doesn't have to be a seven-day unit. But you can still use the seven-day unit. And what I mean by that is, like you mentioned, say an upper-lower split, right? You can have an upper-lower split and train three days per week, you know, and actually have your your program over a two-week uh, block, you know? So you could have, like, say you have week one is upper on a Monday, on Wednesday you have lower, and on Friday you have upper, right? So as you can see, that day, with that setup, you're getting a, a higher frequency with your upper body work on that week, and you're only hitting legs once per week. But then the next week, what you can do is you can do legs on a Monday, upper on a Wednesday, and then, again, lower on the Friday, you know, so a kind of week one is A, B, A, and then week two is B, A, B, you know. Uh, so you don't don't think you're de- refined or defined by a, a weak structure. You can actually think of this, these, these frequency, this frequency debate or whatever the fuck you want to call it over a larger time scale, you know, like you could use five days as your, your base unit, you know, that, that's actually one of my kind of favorite ways to think of things is like what are you what are you stimulating over a five-day period you know I, I think it's actually easier to hit everything twice over a say 10-day period rather than a seven-day period which again is just an arbitrary unit your body doesn't know if it's a week it doesn't know if it's eight days <laughs> you know so that, that that i just want to have that said now so when people are thinking of this it's like okay well i i, I didn't have a perfect setup this week you know, what is my next week going to look like, you know, and I'm not saying you're just going to change your program on the fly every single week. But I mean, when you're designing it, it's like, okay, cool. So some weeks, perhaps you're going to have more of a focus on a higher frequency for upper body. And then the next week, you're going to have a higher frequency for lower body, or whatever fucking way you want to look at it. I don't care, you could do six a push pull legs, push pull legs, six day split and think of it over a two week two-week span you know like that that's perfectly fine in my eyes i'm just saying like don't define yourself by that weekly structure like yes it does give you a a good starting point but don't get lost in the 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 overall discussion and think it has to be i have to get every single thing twice in a week you know that's not what we're saying as well you know yeah and i think the most helpful way for for people to think about that is to start realizing like what you're actually trying to do as in like if you're trying to build muscle let's say you have to think about it like without your big smart brain so you have to think about like what is actually happening at the muscular level and it doesn't mean you need to understand it but you just need to appreciate that there is some sort of stimulus that you are applying to your muscle cells that is telling them to grow and they are responding as such so when you ask questions like like for example if you're doing a four day upper uh, lower split and you miss your fourth training day, a very common question people will ask um, is, should I start my next training week with my normal first workout or should I do the one that I missed? And I, wh- while it doesn't always click with people mentally, it makes far more sense to just do the workout that you missed. Because if you just missed that workout that was supposed to be on Sunday, there's no reason you can't do it on Monday. And that, again, comes from that kind of reliance on the seven-day unit as opposed to focusing on what you're trying to achieve. Because if you're focusing on what you're trying to achieve, you realize that your muscles 
like the individual muscle cells, they don't care that it's Monday. They, they are just going to respond to stimulus the same way they would have had you done the workout on Sunday. So that that's essentially the way you need to think about it. So if you do run into the next week and you end up being a day behind in your program, that's totally fine. Sometimes clients of mine will take seven weeks to finish a six week program because they miss a few days here and there. And that's absolutely fine because you're still getting the total unit or the total volume of work done over that unit of time to get the adaptations that we're actually looking for. So I think, I think that's a good way yeah, of looking at it. The only issue that comes up is of course, like what I said at the start, it becomes a, uh, not an issue of what your muscles want or what your body wants or what your body thinks or your muscles think. It becomes an issue of you now don't have enough time in the new week to get to the gym, you know? So in, in that case, just forget about the last workout. Like say, for example, you only have, I don't know, three days per week to get to the gym, you know? just forget about the, the workout you missed it's no big deal you know again just go straight into the next week of training like yeah cool chalk it up to a, a loss or whatever but you, you missed out on the workout it's no big it's not going to make or break you in the grand scheme of things you know if you only have three days to train and you missed one of them last week like don't try to again like what i said at the start shoehorn yourself into oh well maybe this week I'll, I'll get four sessions in per week because you know last week i only got two sessions it's like cool like it, it, it happened get over it move on but like you're saying gary if you have the time you have the the ability to recover and again like it makes sense in terms of your workout like we're not saying you know your monday you missed your friday workout and which was a, a lower body and you're normally supposed to have two days off and then your monday workout is a lower body as well and they both have you i don't know like heavy squatting or heavy deadlifting or whatever the fuck and you're like oh well i missed the friday's workout so i'm gonna do my heavy squats on a monday and then I'm going to do my heavy squats on a Tuesday as well. It's like, that's like, you have to have some context to it. Like that's probably not going to be a huge issue, but if it's this fucking huge, super high volume, lower body workout on a Friday that normally takes you two days to recover from, and you normally have a, a, a higher intensity, like a, a heavier weight, uh, lower body session on a Monday. It's like, don't try to do those back to back. Like that should be fairly intuitive in terms of your overall weekly structure so yeah you might miss a workout it's no big deal if it fits into the next week you can do it easily it's not going to interfere with your other training sessions by all means do it if you find that it's going to interfere with you know your overall scheduling like oh you have to go to the gym another day this week or you know whatever you have planned i don't know you have i don't singles you want to test your max this week like don't do the the workout that you miss. So again, there is a little bit of play with this. But like I was saying, like I was saying earlier, like you need to get out of the idea that it's just purely a seven day structure, you know? Yeah, and I think this is a good place to bring in something that will basically inform the next points that we're gonna make in the discussion. But one of the one of the things that comes into that discussion as well is like like let's say you you train and then you need to train again the next day even though you normally have a rest day between two training sessions because like you're going away for the weekend or whatever and it just so happens that there's actually bench press or there's squatting on both of those days okay so what a lot of people will do there is freak out and think oh god i can't train the same muscle group two days in a row and whether or not you can is actually like probably more contentious and favors in the direction you mightn't expect it too so if you were doing 20 sets on thursday and 20 sets on friday it's like all right like that's probably not the best idea or 
like let's say you did sets of 20 on squats on Thursday and you're really, really sore and you plan to max out on Friday. It's like, all right, that's probably not the best idea either. But in general, if you, if you look at the research in on consecutive versus non-consecutive days of training, when they've essentially studied three-day programs that were performed with a rest between each day across the week or performed three days in a row, there's actually like no difference in actual outcomes in strength or hypertrophy. And like you can take that and be a total anarchist and say, oh, I'll train every muscle group every day, so on, it doesn't even matter. Like obviously you take it on a case-by-case basis, but what I would take away from that and what I do take away from that is that you can still train the same muscle groups like on consecutive days and get results. And I think the reason that is so confusing for people sometimes is because a lot of the a lot of the ways in which we model adaptations to exercise are on these pretty little graphs. So what people look at is they look at like stimulus recovery adaptation graphs and you know you, there's var- various different models and they just show like the adaptation to a given exercise session or whatever. And and it's it's very difficult for people to then place another stimulus on that because it would just seem that either there's no additional adaptations or you're going to regress and that's not actually the case because exercise adaptation is essentially a constant ongoing thing like you don't have these like clocks in your body that say oh wait no quadriceps is still recovering it's like no your quadriceps are going to do what they can do on a given day and they're going to be adapting continuously to stimuli so that's 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 one thing that's important because as we begin to discuss like let's say full body training programs. Like personally, I I like training full body and I've probably been doing a program like that for maybe six months consistently. Um, Whether it's three days a week or four days a week or whatever. Generally, I train three or four days a week. But there's plenty of times where I'll do two days in a row and train the same muscle group two days in a row. So I'll generally do like maybe two sessions at the start of the week on a Monday and a Tuesday. And then I might do like a Thursday and a Friday or a Thursday and a Saturday. So if I was doing a squat variation on a Monday and a squat variation on a Tuesday, the way in which I approach that session is with the knowledge that, all right, this probably isn't going to affect my results. But at the same time, I'm still just adjusting my load based on what I can do for the day. So if you're using something like RP, you needn't necessarily use it. But if, if you're saying that normally you're working sets, you choose a weight for a given rep range that leaves you with one to two reps in the tank, then what you do is you go into the workout and you just pick a weight that allows you to have one to two reps in the tank as opposed to forcing yourself to do the same weight. So that's the way I approach that because I think this is the one thing that deters people from full body programs is that they're afraid to train a a muscle group two days in a row or not even that, but even with one day in between and and that's definitely a barrier i find people running yeah and again it comes back to the the way people have grown up training or the way they've been the training modalities they've essentially been exposed to as they were coming up in the thing like uh, you wouldn't train your again legs back to back if you did a proper quote-unquote bodybuilding workout like you wouldn't do this super high volume super high uh density you know you're doing lots of uh, intensity boosting yeah. techniques uh, you wouldn't do that and then try to do it the next day you know but that's what people that's what people are exposed to they'll have a leg workout and it's like oh yeah squats leg press lunges uh, quad extensions uh, i don't know fucking dumbbell romanian deadlifts hamstring curls fucking glute bridges and calves you know they're proper like a, a 20 30 40 set workout you know and they're like, oh Jesus, I could, I'm fucking sore for a week. Like, obviously, I couldn't do that the next day. Which, yeah, that's what we're saying. Like, you, your volume, 
uh, yeah, your volume and frequency are somewhat inversely proportionate. You know, like yes, the, uh, again, it, it even gets further, or the, the if I could speak, the water gets further muddied by virtue of the the adaptations you're trying to elicit. You know, like strength is fairly neurological. You know, so that you 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 could go in and do some strength work, like you could literally work up to a max every single day just do one rep you know like you could literally do that you could do that on your squat you could do that on your bench press you could do it on whatever and you probably actually get stronger you know now is that the most optimal way to train you know probably not maybe if you're peaking for a powerlifting meet that could be a good way to train you know but that doesn't mean that that's the way you should train always you know and the fact that you can do that is because you're not doing a huge amount of volume you know, because you see people do that. They're like, oh, well, people do that squat every day program and they squat every day. So I'm going to do that uh, because I want to improve my squat. And they're not doing low volume. They're doing like 30 or 40 sets. And they're like, yeah, I do that every single day because I, w- I want to improve my squats. And it's like, this is this is actually, this is stupid because the reason they're able to do it every single day is because their volume is so much lower. So you have to take that whole thing into account. We're still falling into the range of 10 to 20 sets per week. And you obviously have to pay respect to what you've done previously in the week so if your volume is really high on the monday workout like say for example again like we have like a, a weekly structure you're going i'm going to do 20 sets per week you know and you're doing it three three times per week we'll say you're doing your full body full body workout three times per week gary you know like if you go okay well monday i want to bias a little bit more on my my squats you know i want to focus a little bit more on those there and then the rest of the week i'm just kind of stimulating it keeping those adaptations taking over you know so you do you, you we say you're getting 20 sets per week you know and you do on that first workout you do i don't know fucking 15 sets right you're 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 like yeah cool i'm just gonna fucking hammer those squats that's i like doing that on a monday it just feels great right and the rest of the week you're only going to be doing we'll we'll actually make it easier for the calculations you know 14 sets on a monday and you're going to do three sets on a wednesday and three sets on a friday just to keep those adaptations ticking along and you know you, you you want to just practice your squats those days essentially right so you do your monday workout Tuesday, I don't know, you get a call and you have to fucking, I don't know, go to Limerick or something uh, for the Wednesday. You can't get your workout in. So you're like, okay, cool. It's Tuesday now. I'll get my work, my normal Wednesday workout in on the Tuesday, right? So you're like, yeah, that's cool. But now you're like, well, do I do my normal three sets of squats on that day because I'm after just hammering myself the night before with squats my legs are feeling a little bit heavy they're not feeling great you know you have two options there you can either then go look that's not the way i want to do it i want to move those squats to the friday session so i'm essentially doing six squat six sets on the friday or you can go yeah i'm going to auto regulate this what should be a wednesday workout a little bit more and take it a little bit lighter but still get some extra volume in and again this comes down to the thing where people don't generally auto-regulate their training to a huge degree. They're like, this. it says it on paper. I have to do it exactly like this. You know, they, they, they don't let themselves have any slack. Like they don't let, they're like, oh, well, last week, like we've been told all along that progressive overload is the way forward. And last week I got six reps. So I have to either lift a heavier weight or get an extra rep. And they, they literally try to kill themselves every single workout completely forgetting that you know a week has gone by or that these other stressors have gone by that there's all this other stuff that they should be taking account of and there's like no i'm in this session i'm going for it 
balls to the wall, 100% intensity all the time. It's like you have to pay heed to the rest of your program. You know, you have to pay heed to what you have done, what you are going to do, and where you've been at you know so you can train two days the same muscle group two days in a row three days in a row four days in a row you know like obviously there is a point of diminishing returns like we've said before again it's going to be different for everyone and obviously it's related to the amount of volume you can do and the amount of volume you can handle in those things like you were saying about the graph gary you know that graph you could get two stimuluses or two stimuli (laughs) and then you let yourself recover and go back up you know you want to get that uh, adaptation so you want to have the graph going up you know uh, and then you get your two stimuli you know and it goes up the 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 issue happens when you've got like stimuli 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 and you never give yourself enough time to recover you know so again like the recovery aspect comes into it which again is something that people almost refuse to accept people are like, oh, i have to sleep six hours per night and i have to do fucking 40 sets per week and it's like man you, you have to you have to recover yes sir so with all of that in mind, you guys probably understand a lot of the theory now. So wh- wh- where this comes into practice is in deciding essentially what training split suits you best. And there is no one best answer because the answer is essentially the result of one personal preference. You know, that's a really important one that we often don't give enough attention to. Some people really enjoy full body workouts because they feel they can just give a hundred percent to every exercise that they do and i've definitely found that with a lot of my clients but at the same time there are other clients that prefer to do a couple of exercises for the same muscle group because they like the feeling of the pump or maybe their gyms are set up in such a way that all the leg equipment is in one area of the gym so it's easier to do that on all on one day so those things have to come into it um the next thing that has to come into it is how many days you have available to train per week, okay? There's no point in going following a five or six day program from bodybuilding.com that gives you, you know, you train you train one muscle group on each day if you can only go to the gym three or four days a week. It doesn't make sense. It's not practical and you're not necessarily adhering to some of the principles either. So that's the next part is the principles of training. So are you doing enough training volume and like, that again is a discussion for another time. We mentioned some of it, but you know, somewhere between that range of 10 to 20 sets per week or the amount that you're currently doing that's getting you good results. All right. You get that now. The next thing is the frequency discussion. So the, the amount of times you're trying to train a muscle group per week, which we've sort of agreed on, is probably around twice a week to start with, is a good place to be, you know, if you can achieve that. So that's essentially where you make your decisions from then. So if you're trying to train full body. Like, 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 let's just take that as our example. All right. So you're trying to do, if you're, you're trying to do 15 sets per week, that's the goal, 15 sets per week per muscle group. And we'll focus specifically, let's say on the quads. So you're trying to do 15 sets per quad for quads per week. You're not sure what's best. You ask yourself, how many days am I able to go to the gym? And you say, okay, I'm only able to go to the gym three days a week. You know, I'm on, I'm away on co-op or or placement or whatever. Um, I'm really, really busy. I can only get to the gym three days, but I still really want to make sure I can get 15 sets a week. And you know what? I want to try as well to adhere to what the triage guy said. I want to try and hit it, my quads twice a week. How on earth can I go about doing this? So if we take that framework of a full body split and we're training three days a week, then you look at that 15 sets and you say, how could I split this up? So you say, you know, I could 
do 15 sets all on session one, but that's probably not the best because the lad said to do maybe twice a week would be a good idea. So I could do twice a week, which could, which would be maybe eight sets in the first workout and seven sets in the third workout. So you could do four sets of squats and then you do four sets of leg extensions. And on the second workout, you do four sets of squats and you do three sets of leg press. And it's like, boom, there you go. You've, you've covered your bases. Or you could opt for three sessions a week where you do five sets per session. So on session one, you do your two set or you do three sets of squats and then you do your two sets of leg extensions on the next on the next session you do your five sets of squats like whatever you kind of get the the idea and the exercises aren't the important part of this discussion you're trying to split up your volume so once you've split up your volume the next barrier you can run into is trying to do that for every muscle group and you're like oh shit and this is the part where prioritizing really becomes important because you're going to find it difficult to try and train do like 15 sets for squats 15 sets for hamstrings 15 sets for glutes adductors calves um abs chest shoulders uh, rear delts anterior delts everything super it's gonna be difficult to do 15 don't forget your super spinatus boy super spinatus <laughs> your multiple like it's gonna be hard to do 15 sets for every single muscle group so this is where prioritization comes into things and also realizing that some muscle groups are just trained as a result of you training other muscle groups so for example if we're talking about rear delts, like some people will genuinely do multiple exercises trying to isolate the rear delts. Whereas unless you're a bodybuilder that really needs to bring up those muscles, there's very little return on investment there. Because if you're doing any sort of row variation, like even if you're doing pull downs, chin ups, whatever, you are training your rear delts already. So it's like, all right, I'm already getting some stimulus. Is it worth my, my time, given that I'm already spending as much time as I can in the gym? trying to train my rear delts and you know you can say this a similar thing for like your biceps like let's say you're already doing eight sets of chin-ups a week um for your for your back muscles and you're like oh i need to do 15 sets for biceps it's like all right you're already training them a little bit so why don't you maybe just do as much as as is possible within the framework of that program so that that's essentially how you have to think about things and so it not, could be the not case only that, that as well like in terms of you know are things being hit adequately we'll say you know you're, you're getting a, a hypertrophic stimulus or a strength stimulus or whatever the fuck you want to call it whatever your goals are you want you not only want to think of that but you also want to think of again say you're doing your squats like what muscles are the are being targeted that perhaps aren't the main muscles but could then become limiting factors in other exercises you know like for example like you want to build up your your squat but you also want to build up your deadlift you know so it's like well i know for myself for example you know my lower back would become the limiting factor if i tried to have a a higher frequency on both of those things you know at the same time you know, so my quads wouldn't get adequate stimulation because my lower back would be too sore to squat effectively if I was also deadlifting as frequently as suggested, you know. So it's like you have to not only just look at what's being stimulated in terms of the theoretical like, oh, squats work your quads. You also have to look at the other muscles that 
we'll call them supporting muscles that are being stimulated that then are going to impact on your recovery on other things again like the squats and the deadlifts are easy ones because you're like oh low back limiting factor maybe it doesn't recover enough but like you're saying here you know your biceps are going to be stimulated enough well enough whatever enough is for you uh your biceps are going to be stimulated from doing your your pull stuff but then think of it again like you're doing your chest workout you're doing your bench press you know your shoulders are getting some stimulation so that's going to then affect your your overhead press or whatever you know your shoulder stuff so it's like you have to look at things not only in terms of the the main exercise or the main muscle group that's being affected but also the secondary muscles that are going to be affected and again that may have no influence on your program at all like you know you bench press on a monday and you can still overhead press on a tuesday it's like that's it's no big deal they're recovered you know or you again you might bench press and then overhead press the the, the next exercise and it's no big deal but again there they are things that you want to be thinking of in terms of allocating your 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 volume you know if you're like okay actually looking at my exercise my, my training split you know i'm doing chest and i'm doing it four days per week it's like yeah my, my shoulders are probably getting hit enough i don't need to have 15 sets for shoulders i still want to you know get them a little bit bigger so i'm going to allocate some volume but i realize that they are getting stimulated already so i'm going to you know only do eight sets per week because they're already getting hit quite a lot while i'm doing my chest workout you know so it's like again you have to think of essentially you have to think of everything <laughs> you know you have to think of what what's being stimulated what you want to be stimulated what you want to prioritize and how different exercises are going to influence other exercises and again some of this is is non-intuitive as well like you might go oh yeah obviously like the shoulders get affected with your bench press but think about that as well like say you do some heavy bench press work first uh and then you move on to squats you know maybe your pecs are feeling a little bit tight or maybe you, you bench the day before your pecs are feeling a little bit tight so you get into that squat and you get in your arms behind the bar for some people it's like oh that's i have to widen out my arm grip now because you know my pecs are feeling a little bit too tight so again like these are things that you have to almost look at things intuitively and then non-intuitively as well and see where the, the crossover is you know and this is why for the vast majority of people, even though we're discussing this and we're discussing this in terms of, oh, how can you design your program? You're probably best off not designing your own program until you understand why. Like what I'd rather see people do is look at a program, you know, look at a program. I don't know, fucking like you said earlier on on bodybuilding.com. Like we have a few programs in the militia as well, you know, and obviously we have group coaching and, you know, we have online coaching and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, you get a program from us, you get a program from a different trainer, you get a program you just found online. What I want you to start thinking about is how what are the principles the underlying principles of this like i'm not saying go out right now and design your own program from complete scratch you know because realistically you don't have the experience and knowledge of doing that you know and what you should really be doing is looking at a, an already created program and seeing the underlying principles and then perhaps changing things based on your body based on your response you know not just changing things straight out the block where you're like oh well you know i, I want to do fucking three times per week for the the bench and this program only has twice per week so i'm just going to add in three sets it's like that's that's not what we're, we're saying to do you know again you have to look at things uh as a whole 
Yeah. And I mean, it, it's actually, you could actually make it really simple for yourself. Like if you do just want to be like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not taking a program from anybody. I want to design my own. Like if you take that three day template of a full body workout and you say, all right, what's the easiest way to train all of my muscle groups? You can use a really easy framework of saying, right, some sort of squat variation, some sort of hip hinge variation. Um, so a hip hinge is something like a deadlift, so a Romanian deadlift, stiff leg deadlift, good morning, whatever, right? So some sort of hip hinge variation. Um, that's your lower body pretty much covered. Pretty much all of your muscles in your lower body are going to be trained by that. And it's like, oh, but what about the hip rotators? It's like they're getting simulated too. Don't worry about it. Do If you do that much, you're, you're on, you're on the, the right track at least. And from there, you're like, well, how can we simply break down the upper body? And it's like, right, do it a horizontal push, a horizontal pull, a vertical push, and a vertical pull. Done. That's pretty much your whole body stimulated. And then after that, you can start to think about what sort of gaps do I need to fill in? You know, because if you, if you do a vertical push, which might be like your overhead press, barbell, dumbbell, machine, whatever, vertical pull, chin up, neutral grip pull down, wide grip pull down, whatever, horizontal push, your bench press, dumbbell press, chest press, whatever. And then you've got your vertical or your horizontal pull, which is some sort of rowing variation, whatever it is. You've taken most of the body there. You've trained it all. And some bits might be left out, you know, so you might be like, but those 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 middle delts the the part of the shoulder that gives you that cap look on your shoulders i want more of those so then you're like oh all right then i'll do some extra lateral raises one or two times a week and you start to build a program based on that but what you do is you realize that i'm not seeking perfection i'm seeking the best possible outcome for this three-day full body program while recognizing that maybe my popliteus could be trained better <laughs> so somehow but i'm not going to worry about it and and i think that's a good way to start off because if you take that framework then what you can do is say is modify based on the amount of sets that you need per week like if you if you even wanted to keep it that simple and simply have a squat as your only type of squat exercise then what you could do is start at three sets three days a week you're doing nine sets a week and then you can increase to 12 you can increase to a 18 you know you can increase to, to 24 eight sets of squats three times a week like it might be less practical but it's still possible and still going to get you good yeah results. i think so we should just go through a few kind really of common simple. structures of programs now so again like so go for we'll start at yeah. the three days per week because this is again like most people don't have six seven days per week to train so we'll get up to that but you know we'll, we'll talk about this first so there's a few ways you can structure a, a three-day split so we've already mentioned one you can do full body right and again we're not going to go into the volume recommendations here. 10 to 20 sets per week, whatever the fuck way you want to set that up. I don't care if that is literally 10, 10 sets, 20 sets on a Monday. You know, that's cool. But, you know, uh, 10 to 20 sets per week for the vast majority of muscle groups or, you know, and I say vast majority of muscle groups, just started at fucking 15 sets for all muscle groups. Again, at taking into account that some are getting stimulated with other stuff, right? Um, so full body, three times per week. You could also do, like we said before, you know, a push-pull legs. You know, you could do that, right? And again, you could still get your 10 to 20 sets per week in one session, you know? So some people like to do that. Some people like to, excuse me, you know, just annihilate a muscle group on a, a, a given day. That's fine. That's cool. You know, three days per week, you know, hitting things once per week it can be done it can be successful i've had success on that clients have had success on that you know loads of people have had success on that so three days per week push pull legs essentially great way to train you can also do a, an upper lower split or on three days per week again maybe you just want to 
maintain slowly gain tain uh, lower body strength but you want to really focus on your upper body you could do upper lower upper every single week you know maybe you're like oh no i want to actually focus on the lower you could do lower upper lower right again you could do what i said earlier on uh, and look at it over a two-week period and do upper lower upper lower upper lower you know uh so there are a few ways you can strain or if i could fucking speak you there are a few ways that you can put together a three-day program right so those are some of the ways then we move to a four-day program right so again you can do full body you know and you can also do full body and have a focus on certain aspects on that full that that full body so that you know, you're like, say, for example, you want to do a, a lower body exercise, you know, maybe you do more of a, a squat variation on the Monday. And then on the Tuesday, you do a, a more of a, a hip hinge variation, even though you're hitting the legs, you know, and then again, you repeat that on the, the Thursday and Friday or whatever, you know, you can also do which is actually my my favorite split is to do an upper lower, or, or sorry, I actually like to do a, a lower upper uh uh, for four days per week, you know, because personally, like Gary was saying, he likes to, you know, essentially hit everything every time he goes to the gym, you know, like I actually like to be like, okay, cool. I'm focusing on my lower body here. Uh, and that's, that's what I like to do in a given session. The next session I like to be like my upper body, you know, and there are a few ways you can lay this out. There are again, multiple templates, multiple fucking ways you can do it again, still thinking at 10, 20 sets per week, you know, you could do, uh, we'll say the Monday you've got heavier kind of uh, quad focused, we'll say, uh, then you've got lighter hamstring focus on that day. You know, you're doing more isolation work, we'll say. Then on the, the Thursday from that, you're doing more of a, a, a hip hinge or a hamstring focus day. And again, you're doing a lighter kind of quad focus on that day. Same with the, the Tuesday and the Friday, you're doing a heavy horizontal and heavy uh, yeah, heavy horizontal both push and pull, and then you're doing light vertical, you know, push and pull. And with those days, I actually like to just superset those days. You know, I, I actually find it's a, a way more time efficient, and you can get slightly more volume done in a given workout if you superset your upper uh, or your your push and your pull. You know, you can't really do it with the the lower body because again, the low back becomes a, a limiting factor in most of those exercises. But again, it can be done. Uh, and then again, on the Friday, you do the uh, vertical heavy. So again, your vertical push, your vertical pull heavy, and then your horizontal push pull uh, lighter. And again, more kind of pump work, we'll say, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I prefer to train, you know, so I'm still getting those two, two times per week stimulus or stimuli. Uh, and I, I'm able to recover on that, you know? Um, so four days per week, again, you can do full body, you can do an upper lower split, you could do that quote unquote bro split and just hit everything once per week, you know, you could do like, I'm just going to hammer quads, absolutely fucking destroy them 20 sets on a Monday, and then not hit them again until the next Monday rolls around, you know, so like, again, you, you can do that. There's also other ways you can do this, like we'll call them non intuitive ways to do it, where you are doing a uh, essentially full body but you do something like a you know push day and a, and a pull day and what i mean by that is the push day you do quads and your upper body pushing exercises and then the the pull day you do your hamstrings and your upper body pulling exercises and that's actually a, a really nice way to train in terms of there's a lot of synergy going on uh, and you don't have to worry as much about the the different 
kind of crossover or cross talk between the muscle groups in terms of like say again like we'll say on the the, the pull day you do your deadlifts uh, and then you maybe do some more hamstring focus work and then you move to your your back work you know you do your your chins you do your rows or whatever like they all kind of feed into each other and they're very synergistic you know and it's not as as synergistic on the the push day uh, but again it, it does work that that kind of way now five days this is where people start kind of losing their shit because there's enough training training days to not uh, well yeah there's enough training days to find it really hard to structure a full body workout five days per week you know i would almost say like trying to do five days per week with full body is is pretty stupid you know like it can be done but it's like yeah you probably could allocate your volume a bit more like think about it like what are you going to do like three sets every single day or something you know it's like this you know it's it's not it's probably not the best way. And again, it comes to that point of like diminishing in returns, like we were saying, where it's like, you're just constantly hitting yourself with a, a stimuli and you're never giving yourself enough time to recover from it. It can be done. Not saying that it can't, but you know yourself. Uh, so with, with a five day split, there's a few ways you can do this. I personally like a, uh, two heavier days and then three lighter days you know so you do like say monday tuesday you do <clears throat> we'll say monday you do your lower body and you focus more on like heavier stuff and then on the the tuesday you do your upper body and you focus more on the heavier stuff and then you can move to the the three days the the, the rest of the week you can do like a, a push pull legs essentially or well a legs push pull would be a better way to structure it or you can do it a, a different way and essentially do legs and then chest and back and then you can do uh shoulders and arms essentially on on that saturday would be in this theoretical situation you know so there's a few ways you can kind of move that around and that in my view gets a lot of people to do a lot of the right stuff in terms of it gets people focusing on progressive overload but it also gives them enough uh, room to kind of wiggle with it in terms of they can do some of the more hypertrophy stuff they can do more of the the pump work they can do more of the the isolation stuff so that's a that's definitely a way that a lot of people like to train in my mind i actually think that's a a better way to structure things versus the predominant way people train these days which is kind of the the push pull legs you know i think it gives you a lot more recovery and it also gives you a lot more ability to isolate things if you know what i mean if you if your goal is I want to be strong and I also want to build some muscle, you know? So in my opinion, that's a little bit of a better way. I'm sure there are, do you have any other five day split variations? No, like I think, I think that's, that that's probably the, the best way of doing things like the, the, the five day splits that I, that I would prefer. Like, the, like there's, there's lots of options, but you could do yeah. upper, lower, upper, lower, full body. You could be push, pull legs, upper, lower. You're just changing the word legs to lower. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's lots of ways of doing it. But I think at that point, like, there's the benefit of doing a full body workout sort of diminishes in that like it's not it's not generally going to be a full body workout in that maybe yeah. like on one of the days you don't train everything you're not like you're not training all of your muscle groups but doing a full body workout doesn't necessarily mean you have to train everything anyway it's just yeah there yeah, is yeah. upper and lower so yeah like you said you could do essentially an upper thing. lower which you could actually do over five days as well like you could do you know three days of upper body training and two days of lower body training, or you could do vice versa, three days of lower body training and two days of upper body and essentially have like, well, quote unquote, uh, full body on those days. If if that makes sense. Uh, Like you're just hitting all all the main stuff for the lower body on those three days and all the main stuff for the upper body on those two days. You know, you could do it like that. Then again, you have the six days 
uh, split, which again, most people would do uh, a push-pull legs on that kind of way. And maybe they change some of the variables, you know, like say, for example, the, the push day has more of a, a chest focus on the first one. And then the next one has more of a, a shoulder focus. Same with the back. Maybe it has more of a horizontal focus on the first day than more of a vertical focus on the other day. And again, with the legs, you could have more of a, a quad focus and then more of a hamstring focus on the other day. So you're still stimulating everything twice per week. You're still allocating a lot of volume uh, across the week. You're, you're hitting everything. You could also just do like have a push-pull legs and repeat the exact same workouts the, the next sessions, which is something that, you know, gives you a lot of practice with those lifts, you know, so you get a lot of return on investment in terms of getting good at those lifts a lot quicker. Doesn't necessarily mean that it builds muscle a lot quicker, you know, so it, it's almost deceptive in terms of, you know, you are getting a lot of stimulus, frequent stimulus, and you're getting a lot stronger purely by virtue of practicing those lifts a lot, you know? So it, it is kind of a one of those things. Uh, then also you could do a, an upper-lower split in terms of the six days per week. You know, I know a load of lads who used to do this when they were in college and stuff because they had a lot of time to train. They wanted to uh, – most of them wanted to get good squats and most of them wanted to get good bench presses. So they would literally just do an upper-lower and just focus on the bench press and squat three times per week and you know that's a that's definitely a, a viable way to train because you you know you're hitting everything you could also do what i said before and have your essentially full body six days per week where your actual full body is you know your your hamstring and back work and then your 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 quad and uh push work you know again it does start getting kind of all over the place in terms of your recovery because you know you do a heavy set of squats or something you know that's going to affect your your hamstring work the next day well at least it would affect mine the lower back becoming the limiting factor so again like th these are the kind of things you have to start thinking about and also once you start looking at the overall spread of volume like people don't generally want to do like i'm going to do one set of squats this day you know they want to be like well like especially if, if time and space is a consideration you know you don't want to just wait for a squat rack for 20 minutes and then just do one set and then fuck off you know so if, if your gym is busy <clears throat> it can be a little bit of a a harder thing to do which again comes into what we said at the very start you have to look at what your overall outside factors are to your program design rather than just going oh well this is the perfect way to design a program you know um so i think i think that covers a lot of different variables once you stay in that kind of 10 to 20 sets per week um, again you can go higher than that for periods of time especially if you're emphasizing a certain muscle group like I realistically don't think there's a, a huge issue with you doing 30 sets for your shoulders for four weeks as a block of time you're like I just really want to you know beef up my shoulders I haven't focused on them as much for a long time so I just want to really focus on them but obviously then you would bring down the volume in other areas and also realize that there probably is a little bit of a trade-off here that you know you're essentially just hedging your bets doing a bit more volume you know you're doing 30 sets when you know maybe you aren't going to get much return on investment from it but you know it's a it's a nice change of pace perhaps for you so again you can emphasize and de-emphasize muscle groups play around with the overall volume throughout the week but having that kind of framework that you have a few different methods of organizing your training from three to six days per week while still getting everything roughly at least twice per week within that kind of 10 to 20 sets you're pretty fucking good to go like yep you are good to go that like that cover it 
that covers pretty much everything you need to know about setting up a training split. But it doesn't mean that the exercises don't matter either, because <laughs> obviously they do. Like, obviously you can't say that 20 sets of squats equals 20 sets of leg extensions, because you might quantify both of them as being 20 sets for quads. Like, it doesn't mean they're the exact same. Like, for me, my adductors would be hammered after 20 sets of squats, but my quads probably wouldn't even be sore. But if I did 20 sets of leg extensions, my quads would be pretty damn fried. And obviously, my adductors aren't really going to be trained by that at all. So you do have to keep all of those things in mind, because I know myself that something as simple as my adductors would be a something I would always keep in mind when designing my own programs because deadlifts are training them, squats are training them, any leg press variation, any lunge variation, any running that I'm doing, that's all pretty much hammering the adductors and that's going to be a limiting factor then when I decide like what exercises I'm going to be doing. So you do have to keep those things in mind and it's like Paddy said as well about the low back or the trunk musculature because obviously that is incorporated in lots of different exercises. So you might call a barrel row an exercise for your upper back. You might call a squat an exercise for your quads. And you might call a deadlift an exercise for your posterior chain in general. But all of them are fatiguing the trunk musculature or your lower back muscles, however you want to think about it. So that has to be incorporated into the equation as well. So there is more to think about in terms of exercise selection. But for today, that should give you a pretty damn good foundation in terms of thinking about training splits and also prevent you from getting dogmatic about this one training split being the best because hopefully by now you realize that a training split is just something that you happen to arrive at as a as a result of thinking of how many days a week you can train how much volume you need frequency etc yeah and we also didn't even layer on top of that cardiovascular work which obviously does have to be put it put it on top of that if you are doing cardiovascular work which we would generally recommend you know like i was saying to gary earlier on like i've just started doing a bit more jogging um and my my calves are in bits you know so that's obviously affecting my my recovery and i know for for example you know if you were doing a lot of uh jogging you, you you might find that your your calves get really overloaded but you know it doesn't really affect like I, for me it doesn't really affect my quads it gets my glutes a little bit uh but other than that it doesn't really affect my ability to to train my lower body whereas if it, whereas if you were doing say sprints or something you know a higher intensity so you know maybe your hamstrings are getting dusted off with this maybe your glutes are getting hit more maybe your quads are getting hit more you know maybe you're doing you know uh the the watt bike or something like that thing literally has your your quads pumped to bits you know and even though there's excuse me there's not this huge amount of eccentric overload like it still affects my ability to recover uh, the, the lower body you know so again like you have to factor in the modality of uh cardiovascular work you're doing and the overall volume of that as well but again like that's a that's a discussion for another day we're already up at like an hour 20 minutes or so with this you know uh but that is something that you should be looking at if you are doing cardio, incorporating into your overall training plan. Like, don't just think, oh, that's just cardio. That's easy to recover from. You know, I'm going to only do like recovery cardio. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, you may think this is just recover, recovery cardio, but your body still has to recover from that cardio, you know? Uh, so you have to factor that in. Like, again, like if you're doing a, a two hour fucking yog on a Saturday after your four day split uh, and you're doing like a, an upper lower uh split like you know you have to factor that in that that's probably going to affect you 
on your next lower body training session or if you're doing a lower body training session on a friday night and you're going to go for your yog on saturday you know that's that's probably going to affect your ability to yog you know in the right guy yeah 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 like i went i went yogging twice this week and i did like five kilometers each time because like basically like that's relatively and i would do that at a relatively like moderate pace because essentially if you're bringing in cardio you bring in yogging you have to think about like how difficult it is relative to like what you've been doing before because if you were to just like start weight training you wouldn't work up to a five rep max and do like loads of sets with that out of nowhere whereas that's actually how people treat cardio like they'll go yogging and they'll just like try and do 10 kilometers out of nowhere and it's like you've never done that before so why would you start doing it now so you want to start and bring it up slowly and consider how it's affecting your your resistance training um so yeah basically just just make sure you're not you're not being an idiot with your cardio either especially if you're dieting because people always do that like they'll go out for like i don't know yogging to failure and they're in a thousand calorie deficit and they're just not able to recover from it and it affects your resistance training and it's not a good yeah, time that's there. fair anyway my computer is about to die now so we're going to wrap this up um do you have anything left to say gary uh it's too no, easy it is literally too easy anyway guys uh peace out all the usual you know like subscribe tell your friends etc uh enjoy the week ahead